0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Beware the Board, a horror podcast where we watch a randomly selected horror movie every week. I'm Bob. I'm Ben. Holy shit, Ben. Season five. Season fucking five. I can't believe it.
1: Did you think we'd get this far?
0: Um, I'm gonna be honest.
1: No. No. (laughs) Yeah.
0: We wrapped up season one and I went, damn, I really don't know if I can keep doing this. And then it was like, well... We're about, how many, ep- you know what episode this is, like, actually?
1: Um, well. This is 41 of the board. Technically it's 41, yeah. But I don't know for movies, because it's not it's easy like to like almost count. 80.
0: We're almost 80 episodes into this fucking show.
1: Yeah, but like, for the board stuff, I don't know how many movies that is. Oh, I don't know. Much less. We d- We do way too many extras.
0: Well, yeah, convention prep is kind of, <laughs> look, it's over. We finished it.
1: I know. But for something we do in our free time, we do way too many extra shit.
0: Yeah, but it's fun.
1: It is, but it's like... Dude. It's so much work.
0: (laughs) It's so much work. I was listening to the Tucker and Dale edit, because that's like one of the most recent episodes that came out.
1: That came out what? Last? Uh, Monday. Monday,
2: yeah.
0: It's such a funny episode. So fun. I love that movie. But yeah, it's just like, this is a fun hobby thing, but we do put in a lot of extra time and effort, and it's kind of ridiculous. But that aside... Welcome to season five, everybody. I'm excited for this one. Yeah.
1: First off, we need a name. I'm just putting that into the universe. Oh, yeah. Uh, My jokey name was Jason X. Oh. Uh, because okay. mm. we have Meta Slashers. Yeah. Camp Movies. Uh-huh. In space. space. Good name. I don't, think, I don't think it's great, but that's going to be our placeholder for now. I like it.
0: I was trying to come up with something good, and I couldn't come up with anything good. I spent like an hour last night trying to come up with something and i was just like no nothing comes to mind jason x isn't bad though
1: nah it's good our, our actual name is gonna be something stupid like scream 10 at space camp <laughs> speaking of scream
0: do you say i already told you this but i'll say it on the podcast because i don't think i said it on the podcast they announced the director for scream 7 it's the same dude that did uh happy death day
1: which on you haven't
0: We've seen
2: we
1: talked about this did we see it was it on the podcast i think it was on the podcast but at this point, it all blends together, so who knows?
0: Well, if I didn't say it on the podcast, I said it on the podcast now. I don't think it was on the show. I think it was, like, separately. We were just talking. That's pretty cool. I don't actually know who directed Scream 6. So, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting because I vaguely remember hearing good things about that movie. Happy Death
1: Day or Scream 6? Uh, both. Oh, okay.
0: But since I heard good things, I'm just excited because, A, we haven't watched Scream, so I don't really have, uh, like, knowledge of that. And you haven't
1: seen the first one. I've seen the first one. Have you? No, I haven't seen the first one. I'm lying.
2: <laughs>
0: I haven't seen the first one, but I know how it ends. Oh, my God. Some more scream talk. Sorry. <laughs> I, this is, I forgot. I I was on Twitter today, and I scrolled past something, and it was a picture, and it said, here's a picture of all the scream killers, and I went, no! I, all the ghost faces. It no. was all of them.
1: Uh, I scrolled past it so fast to avoid anything. I was so freaked out, Ben. I want to mention that really quick. People are so fucking annoying with spoilers for scream i like, know it is probably worse than any other franchise i've interacted with people are so bad about it they post like because you know if, if you know the premise for scream the killer is kind of a secret because yeah it's the, like a whodunit thing right that's like an intrinsic part of the franchise and what makes some of the movies really really good mm-hmm. sometimes it makes the movies really really bad depending <laughs> on who it is but it's a secret and that's kind of cool People just blatantly post that everywhere, and it's just worse than any other franchise I've ever seen, with just like,
0: here's a picture of the killers. It's like, why would you, it was literally a picture of every single Scream killer.
1: Yeah, and it's just super casual about it, too, so it's it's never expected. No, like it I'll scared just be the shit out of me. Somewhere on the internet, YouTube, wherever, it's like, boom, killers, and I'm like, I almost had every single one ruined
0: for me. I was—I would have been so angry if I had not read. If I just looked at the picture and not read the top of it first, I would have lost my mind.
1: You're already going to be pissed off when we eventually watch Scream that you had the first one spoiled for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. I'm going to be mad about it. Because, like, that's actually a good point. I hadn't thought about that.
1: Because, uh, just straight up, the first one's the best one. So Really? Yeah. And oh. the ending of that film is the best part of that film. So, sucks to be you.
0: That'd be me if I oh, can. You imagine how much more disappointed I would have been. Never mind. I almost mentioned something that hasn't come out yet. The thing that comes out the day after this one, if I had known the end, we've already of that, mentioned what's coming out.
2: That's tomorrow. true. Yeah.
0: If I had known the end of Friday the Thirteenth part, like the first one, before we watched it, I would have been so mad.
1: Yeah, but I didn't, and it was great. Which, by the way, guys, uh, check out—we're doing Friday the Thirteenth as like a series coverage thing.
0: Yeah, a whole thing.
1: And we're coming out with the first episode. You know, Friday the Thirteenth tomorrow.
0: Saturday. And yeah. then the next one will be on Wednesday, part two.
1: I know it's not a part of board stuff, but we were kind of like don't know when we're ever going to cover Friday the 13th. Uh, and we made this decision before we, of course, got camp, camp movies. movies so on the board. Fuck which is us. Like, God
0: damn it. And we already watched Sleepaway Camp for the
1: convention prep stuff. But it's kind of nice. We'll knock that out of the way. Yeah, watch all 12 of them. It'll be basically our first series to completion except for Hatchet. Hatchet, Which so we cool. finished.
0: Which I, well, I love those movies. But yeah, I just, I thought I should tell you that I avoided every single Scream spoiler in one foul swoop of my that, finger. That's
1: great. We really, um, whenever, we need to get through Scream eventually, because, like, it, it's been worse since, like, the franchise been has been revitalized. Yeah, people really like those movies now. Like, people are into it, man. But I swear, it people are so, like, weirdly blatant about going, here's a picture of the killers for this movie, and it's like, oh my god. Why would you ruin that for someone? But it it's... It's just such a weird way of discussing the film. Because, like, most films with, like, whodunit stuff like that are not as blatant as I've seen fans of, like, the Scream franchise be about it.
0: But you would think that, like, because they're fans of, like, the whodunit stuff, they would have more respect for it and, like, try not to ruin that for people because that's part of what makes the films
1: fun? I I think it usually comes from a place of, like, I want to talk about this character in the context of them being the killer Mm. and not in the context of them just being... A character in the movie yeah and so they immediately hit you with the boom spoiler
0: bullshit i oh
1: it's just frustrating it's very frustrating um, because it'll get spoiled for you really really fast if you're not paying attention so you know fun fact for anyone who's a, hasn't seen the scream franchise go watch them because um there's so many spoilers out there yeah and um they've only gotten worse <sighs> okay all right so um new series i know we got a little sidetracked there I guess this is kind of the time where we tell you what our categories are if you didn't watch the wrap-up last time. Yes. Um, Going from left to right, so, you know, most important to least important. Jesus Christ. We got my category, which is uh, Meta Slashers, which, for anyone who's kind of, like, not aware of what I'm referring to there, which, to be honest, perfectly fine because it's kind of a loose term I'm using here, but kind of slasher films that came out of the late 90s, early 2000s that were um, essentially all inspired by Scream mostly because Scream basically kept the slasher uh, genre from dying mm-hmm. and, in essence, revitalized horror. But it's basically these films that have like a lot of metatextual elements where it's like, we're aware of what slasher films are and the tropes of them, and let's kind of play around with that knowledge because we know you as the audience are aware of stuff. So those are interesting films, so we're going to be looking at those for our first category. Second category, we've already mentioned... Camp movies, we got it in the random. Kind of an unfortunate time to get it. So unfortunate. Wish we got it. Why? Well, I'm glad we waited because I like some of our other randoms. But yeah, that's true. Wish we'd gotten it earlier because I think it's been on the random spot since the beginning. Since the beginning, like season one, um, it was an option. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna cover that now, and we'll do those films.
0: I'm so interested to see what other shit you put on there because we covered the big ones, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, we we covered. Yeah. We covered the big one, which is the Friday the 13th franchise. Which yeah. I know those episodes haven't come out yet, but we're covering those separately because oops. Yeah. But then we also covered Sleepaway Camp, which is basically as close to you as you can get to naming a film Camp Movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, um, that'll kind of be interesting to look at because it's like, what do we do now? Yeah. And then the last category is uh, Space.
0: Yeah. In outer other, space movies.
1: Yeah, outer space movies. And I had to talk to Bob about this because I was like, so space is super broad. What are we talking here? Yeah. And I, I think the general premise here is it can't be on Earth. Yeah,
0: it's any movie set in outer space. Yeah. Could uh, be on a different planet, on a meteorite, in, in a space station, on a spaceship. Just any movie out of this atmosphere.
2: Just,
1: yeah, not on Earth. Yep. I think the the barrier is the stratosphere.
2: Mm-hmm. So that's which, exciting.
1: Super broad. We'll get some different stuff there.
2: I
0: See, I left it broad because I don't want specifically alien films. That should be its own category.
1: Yes, and this is something we can always talk about going forward as we sometimes revisit your very broad choices. <laughs> you specifically have a tendency to choose very broad choices. Yeah. Which is fine, because I, I don't think you are as familiar with genres as I am. Mm-hmm. Or sub subgenres specifically. But like... There isn't just, like, alien movies in outer space. There's, like, spaceship films. Mm-hmm. There's alien planet films. You know. Yeah. Stuff like that. But it's really broad, so that'll be kind of cool because we get to see, you know, pickins from everything. See,
0: the thing is, I almost picked aliens, right, as my category. But then I was like, but I don't want alien films specifically. I want to save that for something later. Because alien films could take place on Earth, but I wasn't really interested in looking at, like, UFO films. I was more interested in looking like... Because I bet you there's some really sick survival horror films set in space. Yeah. That's what I want. I want stuff like that.
1: I mean, yeah. And I mean, I think it'll be a nice learning experience because um, especially when you choose broad categories, I try to get a variety of different stuff. That's also why I chose it because
0: I want a variety of different things. And so like,
1: if you'll like it going forward, you can choose something more specific. Because like mm-hmm. you said, there's, you could just do alien films where there could be stuff on Earth, but you could do alien films where it's specifically in outer space. Mm-hmm. There's like... Spaceship stuff, where it's specifically oh. in outer space or on, mm-hmm. like, a space station. But there's also Xenoplanet stuff. Basically as much as you can imagine. Because, like, the sky is the limit and we're out of space, so it's beyond mm-hmm.
0: that. I don't know what that... Oh, I just thought of a movie that I want to watch, but I don't know if it has to do with space. We'll see if it comes up.
1: What, what movie are you talking about?
0: What's Color Out of Space about?
1: Color Out of Space? Yeah. That's a H.P. Lovecraft story. That mm-hmm. could have gone on H.P. Lovecraft, but it didn't have uh, our man... Mr. Becomes. Combs <laughs> or uh, Barbara Crampton yeah. in it. So, yeah, it Damn. does have the rage cage.
0: It has good old Nick. Yeah, dude. He's been in some really, really funny shit lately.
1: Oh, yeah. um, I think the yeah here here's a fun fact for everyone. I love Nicolas Cage. We both love. Nicolas I think cage. he's great. Uh, but I've definitely seen more Nicolas Cage films than Bob. Has That's true. Because Bob has seen four <laughs> films that aren't horror related. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is Ghost Rider <laughs> one of them is Ghost Rider the other two are uh, National Treasure Hunter one and two yeah National <laughs> Treasure I've seen don't those. know what the third film is uh, hmm. Monsters Inc no Monsters that Inc that's yep. it Yep. but yeah Nicolas Cage uh, does some, some funny stuff recently because I think people uh, have gotten to the point where they realize that if you use him properly he's a great actor because his acting style is very specific and mm-hmm. if you match it to a good like director or script it works super well and a number of those movies have been like horror films. I'm excited very to, recently, like
0: watch some of the Nick Cage horror films that have come out.
1: But um, you know if you get a film that's right for him he can also be like very funny in a comedic role and I watched this was when it came out but um, I'm trying to remember the name of it because it's, it's super like. Is it the one with long. him and Pedro Pascal? Yeah it's the one with him and Pedro Pascal. That the meme has come from with them
0: looking at each other and they both look deranged?
1: Oh yeah. No, um, and I'm going to pull up the name. There it is. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent.
0: Yeah, I've and heard that movie so
1: good. I'm going to recommend it if you haven't seen it. I know it's not horror-related, but it's super funny. But it is especially funny if you're a fan of Nick Cage. So I, when I say a fan of Nick Cage, I mean you've seen a lot of Nicolas Cage films. Mm-hmm. Because watching that film for me, it was like... Every other minute, there's a reference to one of his films just worked into the dialogue. It's awesome. And I was cracking up the whole time. And it helps that Nicolas Cage is playing Nicolas Cage in that film. And it's just like a more over-the-top version of himself. Great film. Would recommend. Especially if you're a big fan of Nicolas Cage. Okay. I have to choose, right? Yeah, you gotta choose, Bob.
0: Shit. Look, (laughs) okay, I'm gonna... Spoilers for the audience. I'm not choosing camp movies.
1: No. We've already, we've been watching some camp movies.
0: Exactly. I don't want to watch another camp movie. We've recorded a number of the Friday the 13th episodes already, and they haven't come out yet. I, I don't want any more right now. I'm good. I I need a break. You can only watch Jason slash so many campers so many times, okay? And I don't really know if I want to open with meta slashers, because, like, that seems like a complicated category to start with.
1: It's also just more slashers. More slashers,
0: <laughs> and it's like, ugh, well, Ooh. Like, they're fun. <laughs> I like them. Like, how many slashers did we watch in Convention Prep? We finished Hatchet. We we're doing Friday the 13th. There, there, Sleepaway Camp. Like, there are so many slashers. On I could list. go and
1: count, but it, it's a lot. It's
0: a lot. So I'm kind of slashered out, just like everybody else was in the 90s, mm-hmm. before Scream. So I'm going to start with Space. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's really weird being here again. At the start of a season because it feels like we've been it's been so long since I've had so many choices Bob
1: has choice anxiety
0: i I do I'm really oh, indecisive
1: speaking of which uh before you actually choose what what spot we're gonna do, yeah. um I forgot to mention this do you have any news to talk about since our last episode because I do so oh, I'm, shit. I'm gonna t- disrupt you here okay if you, you have news we yeah, can you can talk about news, news though
0: no I don't uh no
1: okay. I don't have any news. I have news. Okay, what do you, what is your news before we continue the show? I went to Gen Con yesterday.
0: Oh, how was Gen Con?
1: That was fun. Yeah. I walked around through the... Because it's one big, um, like, space. Mm-hmm. A part of it's, like, actual play tables. And then everything else is, like, booths where they sell stuff. Mm-hmm. And for anyone who doesn't know, Gen Con is, like, RPG board game stuff. Uh-huh.
0: It's, like, one of the biggest TTRPG, like, yeah conventions out there.
1: And then the stuff that isn't in that main hall is usually, like... Separate actual playrooms for, like, usually sponsors. Mm-hmm. So, like, I think Paizo had their own room. Probably. Stuff like that.
0: Oh, they announced some really cool shit lately. Starfinder 2E's coming out, and I'm excited.
1: Yeah. Anyways, long story short, I walked through that main room, because we, we covered everything, mm-hmm. for, like, four hours. That's how long it took to walk through there. Oh, Not doing anything, just walking. so the way conventions be sometimes, man. So, so long. My legs were fine. Uh, I fucked up my back a couple months ago, Jesus and my back Christ. hurt by the end.
0: How's your back now? Good. It's
1: fine now. Okay. I think I pulled a muscle, and it just still hasn't recovered. Fully recovered. Yeah. So after four hours of like standing and walking, my back was just horrendous. Did you Anyways, drive? yeah, and I drove down there and back. Oh, I'm sorry. So, uh, for anyone who doesn't already know, too, I work night shift. Mm-hmm. I got off and got home. At 4.30, and we left at 7, Ooh. so I woke up at 6, so it was a long day for me, because I didn't go to sleep until, like, 10.30, 11.
0: Now that you sleep anyway.
1: I don't know. I passed out after that, and I slept until uh, 5 a.m.
0: Damn, that's a that's a long time for you.
1: Yeah. So that was kind of nice. I'm, I'm feeling good right now. <laughs> as good as I can, I guess. Anyways, I, I brought up uh, Gen Con, because I was like, let me share what I bought.
0: Oh, you bought stuff. Hell yeah. Yeah,
1: I bought a, a shit ton of pins because I, I collect like enamel mm-hmm. pins and stuff. So that was kind of cool. I, I went to, uh, they had a trick or treat. Studios had a booth uh, because they do board game stuff. Uh, that's cool. And they had, well, they had uh, their new Texas Chainsaw game there. Oh, that's cool. So that was kind of cool. But they also had, uh, they brought a box for their Halloween game that isn't out yet. Oh, So that was kind of cool to see. They had all the pieces out so you could look at them and stuff. Oh, But I got a uh, a pin for uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon there. That's pretty that awesome. That was fun. But I tried not to buy a lot because, like, A, RPG systems are expensive. Yeah. And while I, like, kind of collect them because I think the art and stuff in them is cool uh, and some of the lore stuff, they're just expensive. And if I buy them online, I can usually get a PDF. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple of the booths were offering, like, PDFs with your receipt. And, like, oh, that's really nice, RPG, actually. Um, which is really nice. Um, but Then again... I still tried not to buy stuff. <laughs> the first thing I bought was from Osprey. If you know Osprey at all. No. They're a publisher. They do um, a lot of really cool, like, wargaming rule sets that are, like, generic wargaming rule sets. Mm, okay. So they're made to run with, like, any pieces you want. That's pretty cool. Which is really cool because you're not into wargaming. It's super expensive. It's very expensive. But they do interesting stuff. Like, they have one that's just pulp. So it's supposed to be, like, pulp... adventure novel style stuff Hmm,
0: that's actually pretty rad
1: anyways and i got i got something from them and it's called uh the grand mechanismo okay which is it's set in i I believe florence italy uh during the time of leonardo da vinci Ah. and it's clockwork punk
0: that's pretty rad actually
1: and i i bring it up because i wanted to show you the picture of the grand mechanismo
0: okay Oh, my
1: God. That's so fucking, that's so cool. That picture's in the book. Really? (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. And then the other thing I got, and I, I, because I'm nerdy, I bought, like, the complete set for it. So I got the rule book, the expansion book. I got some themed dice and some, like, battle cards. But the Avatar The Last Airbender RPG. Oh. I didn't know there was.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Who makes that? That is a, oh, my God. I know they just put it out. Like, it's
1: new. It's new, new.
0: Me and uh a Same. bunch of my other friends were talking about
1: playing it. Same company that does Roots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's really cool. Very cool system, though, not from what I learned. Okay. <sighs> Bob, I gave you time to think about what you're picking. What number for space? One, two, or three. I always
0: have a dilemma when I pick. You know what? One. We'll one? start at the top of the board. Okay. Because it's the first episode of Season 5. I'll pick spot number one for the first episode. As it does most seasons. It can't be bad. I don't know if I... I don't know. Maybe... You
1: do that a lot. I do. You it, either go one or three. Yeah. Because I'll say you do one a lot, and you go, I'll prove you wrong, three! No, I never pick two. <laughs> and then you do two, one. Or one, two, three.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. You good with that choice, though? Yeah, Okay. sure. Uh, We're watching Pitch Black. What is that? Pitch Black. <laughs> it's a 2000 movie.
0: Oh, 2000. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty... Okay. I feel like we don't watch stuff from, like... Yeah, it's
1: next millennia,
0: (laughs) 2000 to, like, 2010 is, like, an
1: untouched era for us. I mean, uh, we've seen a couple stuff from there. Well,
0: Tucker and Dale's 2010, right? Yeah. But, like, between then and then, there, like, we don't watch a lot of stuff. We see
1: usually things in the later naughties, but usually nothing in the beginning of it.
0: Which is exciting, because I don't watch movies from this era, so I'm excited to watch this. But, I mean,
1: I'm going to be honest here. We're going to be covering a lot of stuff around that time period, because, like... Meta slasher stuff, right? Mm
0: -hmm. But yeah, pitch black. Okay. If I mention I'm afraid of the dark.
1: Wow. (laughs) So weird.
0: Oh, God.
1: All right. Description. A deep space transport ship crashes on a desolate planet. Oh. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) if you're doing that thing when you're afraid, you sound like a dolphin. (laughs) You sound like the high tide dude from SpongeBob.
2: High tide. (laughs) -tide!
1: (laughs) Yep.
0: Except it's not high tide. I'm scared. It's high space. High space. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. It's an hour and 49 minutes long. Oh, it's so a long one. It's pretty one. long. Damn. Uh, and it's rated R. Okay. Okay. Review scores. IMDb gave it a 7.0 out of 10. Oh! <laughs> uh, Tomato Meter gave it a 59%. Okay. And the audience score gave it a 77%.
0: This a uh, look, a good movie to start the season. You hope. Well, I hope. The scores are good, damn it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, it's got two wins and nine nominations.
0: A lot of nominations. Uh
1: notable actors here. Rada Mitchell as Carolyn Fry. She played Kate Ryan in Rogue. And um Rogue's it's a alligator movie. Oh. And interestingly enough, almost went on our last season. Oh shit. Swamps. Po- yeah. Swamp Gas. Uh very specifically, I was in between uh Blackwater and Rogue. Rogue, okay. Because uh they're both Australian mm, okay. Saltwater crocodile films. That's cool cole hauser as william j johns uh played billy and goodwill hunting bob's never seen that film
0: yeah i literally talked about it t- on tucker dale
1: <laughs> yeah vin diesel
0: whoa <laughs> he's in this yep okay uh,
1: it's one of the really early vin diesel films uh as richard b riddick as you know and probably most famously he's the voice of groot and guardians <laughs> of the galaxy shut up he is. He is. But that's not his most famous role, and you know it. It might be,
0: though. <laughs> no, it's not. It might be. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Oh, my Unless God. Unless you can tell me the name of that character. I know his name. Oh, What is it? Dominic Toretto. I like Fast and
1: Furious. Oh, well, apparently Bob's seen that. Yep. He's seen five movies. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Groot. hmm Which, by the way, I just wanted... To... I chose that one because, A, it was a funny joke, but also... He put an absurd amount of work into recording his lines for Groot. Really? I don't know if you've ever seen Behind the Footage.
0: I've never the- seen a single Guardians of the Galaxy film.
1: Oh, you haven't? Nope. Oh, well, that's the first one's really good.
0: I've heard they're all really
1: good. They're all good. I've I've only seen, what, the first and the second one movie? Mm. I don't think I've seen the third one. third, third one, one? one just came out. Yeah. Because um, I, I don't watch Marvel anymore, I'm going to be honest.
0: I don't watch movies besides the show.
1: But first one's really good and probably the best one but that's just you know how that stuff usually works out but the behind the scene footage for him like recording his lines is very funny because you don't know about Groot as a character all he says is i am Groot mm-hmm. that's like all he can say in any language essentially and you know reasonably you think the actor would record the line like once no was gonna say Maybe like twice. a handful of times yeah apparently he recorded it like hundreds of times and he would just say it differently every time, and he'd like read the script to try and say it a different way for the scene. That's just so putting much effort. way much work, like way too much work in it for what it was.
0: That's actually kind of
1: cool, especially because the first film was not supposed to succeed at all. So I, I think that's just kind of funny. That is cool. Next up, we got Keith David as Abu Iman Al Walid. Uh, he played child's. In The Thing. Mm, I thought I recognized that fucking name. He's also Dr. Facilier in uh, The Princess and the Frog. Oh, okay. I hadn't seen it. He's the voodoo man. Mm. That's cool. Louis Fitzgerald as Paris P. Agilivi. Uh, He played Lieutenant George Witten and Breaker Morant. Claudia Black as Sharon Shaza Montgomery. She played Aaron's Sun from Farscape. It's an old space TV show. Okay. Uh, she was on 88 episodes from 1999 to 2003, and she also has done some voice work, Okay. Uh, very specifically for a rather well-known character for a rather well-known franchise, Chloe Frazier in Uncharted. Okay. And then finally, uh, Rihanna Griffith as Jack, uh, played Mercia in 15 Amore. Uh, Director is David Twohy, that's how I'm going to pronounce his name. Okay. Because it's T-W-O-H-Y. Okay. Uh, he did Below in 2002.
0: It, no, that's not the same film I'm thinking of. Never mind.
1: No. Below is um are you thinking of as above so, so below. below, yes. I've no. heard that
0: movie is fucking terrifying.
1: Below is probably more terrifying for you. <gasps> it's a World War Two submarine movie.
0: Oh <laughs> No, you're right. You're absolutely correct. <laughs> Fuck that.
1: Writer's Jim Wheat. Uh he wrote After Midnight. The other writer's Ken Wheat. Uh he worked on A Nightmare on Elm Street Four. Oh, that's I'm cool. not gonna give you the epithet for that because Okay. Of course not. It's kind of spoilery. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I can tell, Jim Wheat and Ken Wheat are a writing team. That's pretty cool. So both those films I listed, they worked on it together. And then the other writer is David Twohe, this guy. Cool. Uh, he wrote The Fugitive, or part helped write The Fugitive. I don't know that. I believe that's the hook-handed man. Oh! Okay. With Mr. Mister Jones as our uh, our male lead.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know that's what it was called, but I knew of it, if that makes sense.
1: Anyways, budget is twenty three million, estimated. It's a good, good hunk of change. A box office of fifty three point two million. Hell yeah. So like decent turnout. Not yeah. absolutely amazing, but No, pretty solid. But solid.
0: It's been a while since we've had films that actually like turn their budget over and do well on this show.
1: What was the last thing we reviewed on the podcast on uh, the board?
0: The board, Yeah. The Uninvited. Okay. That was the last episode of last season. Did that turn its budget? I don't remember, but I don't think... That's called I Can Check really quick. I don't remember. But what more what I'm saying is, like I guess I'm just used to movies not returning their budget for us. Like, it just doesn't happen that no, often. No,
1: I was going to say, we see a lot of films that return their budget. We have recently. Just overall.
2: Mm.
0: I, I may be I over-exaggerating.
1: Think. I think you are over-exaggerating. Anyways, uh, Country of Origin, United States... Uh, I'm gonna wait on um, both the tagline and the also known as. Okay. Until we're done.
0: We have to remember to talk about those. No, we don't
1: have to remember. You have to remember. No, please remind me. You have to bring it up. I'll forget. Well then, I guess we won't talk about it. Damn. Sorry, future people. All right. Basically, I don't have a lot of stuff to talk about. Like for facts, mm-hmm. kind of fun is all. Basically, all the external locations. So a lot of the film uh, was shot in South Australia. Oh. Around um, I think it's. Cooper Petty. So. Okay. That's kind of cool.
0: That is cool. I feel like most films that we get doesn't come from Australia, it was filmed in Australia. But like most of the Australian stuff we watch is actually quite good. And also the Australian environment can lead to some really cool like scenery stuff. Like Blackwater specifically was just so cool because it was in a mangrove forest and that's like such a unique to Australia kind of thing in my to my mind.
1: So, yeah. That's nice. I'm excited. All right, well, we're going to get into the movie now, so we'll see you
2: after.
0: All right, we'll uh, see you guys in a minute. <laughs>
2: uh, hi, everybody.
0: <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> we just finished watching Pitch Black.
2: <laughs> the way Jesus. you did that. <laughs> hi, everybody. Because <laughs> I was... Ah,
1: <laughs> ow. Okay, guys, we're going to talk about Pitch Black. So sometimes we watch movies on the show that are hard to talk about because spoilers, right? Yeah. This is one of those cuz like it? yeah. Yeah. I thought we were just kind of going to go buck wild. We're going well, we're going to have to. I'm just I'm just putting this out here that there's going to be a lot of spoilers in this oh, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. So like I'd highly recommend you go watch the movie if you haven't seen it first. Absolutely, because your enjoyment is definitely not going to be the same. No you kind of have anything spoiled. Because,
0: like, there were so many moments where I was laughing so hard and was, like, so entertained, and you were just like, oh, yeah, I've seen this before. I mean,
1: not even that. There's a lot of things about the plot that could be spoiled and changed. That's also enjoyment. true. That's totally fair. So I'd highly recommend, if you haven't seen it, go in blind right now and go watch it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't care, well, I mean, that's a separate issue. Now, <laughs> with that being said, spoilers from this moment on. Yeah. But uh, we are going to have a... A low spoiler section and then a heavy spoiler section. But I think for this episode specifically, our low spoiler section is going to be like five minutes. And then everything after that is going to be like the heavy spoiler warning section. Uh, Because we're just going to have to do it that way to talk about this film. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's get started. Straight off the bat. Film, it's about a ship that crashes on a planet in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And um, basically the lone survivors have to figure out how they get off world. Yeah. And I know that's, like, a really simple plot, but, I mean, it's a very classic sci-fi kind of thing, and I I think it's very good. Mm -hmm. Now, straight off the bat, uh, and I think this is kind of a spoiler for some people, so, you know, heads up there, but this is actually a part of a franchise. It's the first film in the uh, Chronicles of Riddick franchise. Had no idea. Which Bob didn't know, I think, until... Someone said his name. 45 minutes into the film. And I was like, oh my god, this is that? Even though I know I said his name. You did, I just didn't catch it. Well, like, yeah, It didn't cross my mind. Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, it's a big franchise, and it's about uh Riddick, obviously, who's mm-hmm. Vin Diesel's character. And um, so, you know, that's cool, especially because I know people really like that franchise. However, it does reframe the film yeah. because you know, like, oh, this is the main character of a franchise and not just this one movie. Because mm-hmm. this film was made not as a franchise piece. It was made no. as a uh, very specifically a standalone film. And
0: it wraps up in, like, a very much a way that it would be like, not a franchise thing, like,
1: single single movie. I mean, yeah, but it's more from the, the fact that, like, Riddick is not intended to be the main character of this film. Mm-hmm. He's just a character, and he obviously ended up being so interesting. They were like, let's build a franchise around him. I mean, yeah, he's one of my favorite parts of this film. He's really cool. Yeah, trying to think about things I can mention without spoiling anything. And there's not really a lot, Mm-mm. honestly. The only thing I think I can really discuss straight off the bat are... First of all, Vin Diesel's acting is really good. I I was
0: so surprised.
1: Yeah, uh, I think this is one of those characters that's just written so well for him Mm -hmm. that it just works. And that's very important because, like, uh, limited cast in this film, Mm -hmm. and with Riddick being one of the main characters, it's kind of, like, imperative that he's played well, Mm -hmm. especially for, uh, and again, we'll talk about this later, kind of like a weird character to have as a main. Yeah, it's very much
0: like he is the main character, but also, like, the main character is the group, but yeah. he, it's just such a weird archetype of character to throw into this group.
1: Yeah. Point being is, like, the film really leverages on him being, like, well-acted mm-hmm. and pulled off, and it's a hard character to pull off, and Vin Diesel does a shockingly good job with it. it. Like, it was really, really good. Not to say anything bad about his acting style, but he... No, but, like... He ha- he needs a specific type of character.
0: Yeah, and I think that's why he works, like, so well in, like, the Fast and the Furious movies, is because that's just, like, that's Vin Diesel, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why he's the main character of those films.
1: Aside from that, I think there's really only, like, two other things we can really mention here before we have to go into the spoiler stuff. Lighting stuff. Oh, man, it's so cool. The exoplanet is in, like, an eternal daylight. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's basically a desert world, essentially. Not, like, Sahara, like, sand desert, but, Mm -hmm. like no-water kind of desert. And the reason the planet's in, like, eternal daytime is because it has three suns. And to, like, reflect this on film whenever they're outside in the sun, because occasionally they're, like, in the shade of the ship, Mm -hmm. like, where it's crashed and everything, they put a filter over the screen to make it, like, super... um, Saturated? Saturated, thank you. Um, And it's usually saturated yellow. Mm -hmm. uh, But they also do this other thing where they sometimes saturate it blue, depending on, like, which sun is highest in the sky. It's really and, cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's, like, a, it's a nice little thing, but it makes everything look very alien mm-hmm. in a way I really like. And I, I just want to mention it because, like, personally, I don't like that oversaturated style in films normally. Yeah, me either. Just because visually I find it unpleasant. Same. However, I just, I, I think it works in this film because it's justified. And I, it goes to show that even techniques I don't necessarily like when used well can look really good because it's probably my favorite parts of the, the outside scenes.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. it's It makes everything feel so – it just, I don't know, grounds everything. It makes it feel so, like, tangible, I guess, in a lot of ways yeah. because it's like, oh, yeah, the sun is blue because it's a different color star, so everything is tinted blue, and it looks fine. And I think my problem with it normally is – we talked about this in Tucker and Dale – because it is sort of a style of uh, 2010s early.
1: Yeah, but also like Tucker that. and Dale does it for other reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a good example of this would be uh, The Reaping does it in some scenes. Mm, that's, I forgot. And we about watched that. that as a podcast episode. So. Yeah.
0: But, like, in those films, it doesn't add anything. It's just a stylistic choice that they made for seemingly no reason. But Tucker, in this Tucker's and
1: Dale's make sense. Tucker and Dale makes sense. The but Reaping. Like, the Reaping doesn't. Yeah.
0: In this, it's like, oh, this makes sense
1: scientifically. Yeah. Like, m- me- at least it gives science. us the feel of an alien world.
0: Yes, which is, like, I think an important aspect of this movie.
1: Yeah, especially because, for all intents and purposes, it's visually not distinctively alien, Mm-mm. like, setting-wise. I mean, it just looks like a rocky, arid place.
0: Yeah, it looks like any picture of Mars you've ever seen.
1: And not even that, because it's not red. No. It it looks very Earth-like, because, I mean, obviously it was shot in Australia. And so besides the lack of plant life, it's it just looks like you walked out somewhere really arid. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's a really, not only effective, but cheap way to make an alien planet. And I I just really like it.
0: I like it too. And the other big thing I like about it is because, like, we don't really get, because it's eternal daylight, we don't get a sense of time passing. No. Like, in terms of, like, days and nights. But we get a sense of time passing in the change of the color of the suns.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it only happened, like, once. Like, I think we were uh, the really saturated, like, yellow. Mm Mm-hmm. And then blue. And then, and then back to yellow, I Kind of yellow. We might have gotten some red at some point, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell because it wasn't as visually distinct as the blue one. No. But, but it definitely tells you a lot of times past. It
0: helps like set a time of reference for how long these people have been stuck on this planet.
1: In fact, my read on it is the blue was probably the quote-unquote night. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, because it was a little less bright, um, which to me feels like then maybe, I don't know, a day, two, mm-hmm. maybe past. Okay, so aside from that, I think the only other thing we can talk about is kind of like an interesting background for like what, four of the characters? Oh, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, four of the characters are Muslim, mm-hmm. which, you know, like, whatever, that's not a big deal. But it's interesting to see in a movie from this time period. Exactly. Um, because, you know, 9 11 happened in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And basically, after that, you don't see, you know, an Islamic person. Portrayed as like just a character, yeah. It kind of became a thing to like have them in more villainous roles, Mm -hmm. but in this film, like you know, not only are our Muslim characters like main characters, but they're just treated as like normal people,
0: yeah. They're treated as normal people, but also like their religion is like very upfront and open about like they pray with like the mats and everything, like they do all kinds of stuff that like. I don't know. I wasn't expecting, I guess, from an early from the early movie from the early 2000s, but I hadn't thought about it came out in 2000.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it it came out before 9/11. I just think it's interesting cuz like it's done well, but the film doesn't really focus on it. No. Uh, I mean, I think I think honestly they needed a religious character for some of the roles mm-hmm. and they they chose to make them um Muslim because desert, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. But I I do think it's interesting that you get to see that as such a casual portrayal cuz it's not mm-hmm. it's not something you see from the 2000s, really. No, it's it's really cool. Ever. Okay, uh, on that note, I think we're going to have to go into our heavy spoiler section, which I know we didn't do a lot here, but so much of this film is heavy spoilers.
0: Because, like, I guess this may be a spoiler. I'm going to well, say Well, then it. don't
1: say it. Don't say it then, Bob.
0: I don't know if do- it is a spoiler or well,
1: not. Well, then don't say it. <laughs> uh. Don't, uh? You just wait 30 seconds. God damn.
0: Hi, everybody, this is Future Bob coming at you to let you know that if you do not want any major spoilers for this film, please skip to 1 hour, 5 minutes, and 48 seconds immediately. Once again, that's 1 hour, 5 minutes, and 48 seconds immediately.
1: Okay, now you can go. <laughs> what I was going to
0: say before we came in here is the reason we have to do such, like, a heavy spoiler section for this is because the first, like,
1: hour yeah, is all set up. Yeah, that so- that would have been a spoiler because, like, the way the film's set up you don't know the first hour set up no you just think like i don't know maybe this is a slow build yeah but no the whole hour is just background mm-hmm. because i know we've said this whole planet is eternally daylight and it is mm-hmm. um except every 22 years there's an eclipse and assumedly from the way they figure it out the the eclipse must last months
0: yeah it lasts a long ass time
1: that's what it it looked like from the model they were using mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, an eclipse that lasts months, which is where the name pitch black comes from.
0: Yep, I was very confused for the first hour.
1: I mean, it also comes from the fact that we learned like very early on, Riddick has like this eye shine procedure done to him mm-hmm. um, because he used to be an ex con. Well, he is a convict. <laughs> I was about to say he definitely is a. Criminal. He's in fact an escaped convict, but he was in a prison for a while that I uh, assumedly he just thought he was gonna be stuck in. Mm-hmm. That was probably kept very very dark most of the time. Yeah. I mean, I think the read I get on is, like, it's probably pitch black all the time, mm-hmm. except for maybe where the guards were, and so he got this procedure that basically lets him see in no light conditions at yeah. all. It's not dark vision. Nope. But it's close. It's similar. Which, I I want to say this right now, it's kind of a cool thing, because like, it's a weird mutation about this character mm-hmm. that makes him sl- less human, even though it is explained away, and I think of a fairly logical way. Well,
0: yeah, it's a sci-fi movie, so they gave they were ba- he's basically like, yeah, I paid this prison doctor,
1: yeah. a bunch of like, a super
0: I think there's cigarettes.
1: <laughs> no, yeah, twenty uh, menthol cools.
0: Yeah, and uh, he did the procedure for me.
1: Yeah, and um, I, I think it's a very, quote unquote, realistic way to give him a superpower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's a really interesting and balanced one because it's like in dark conditions, it's super op, not op, but like super useful. Yeah, but and then. In, like, any other conditions, super debilitating.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that's part of the reason why the very classic Riddick thing is he wears, like, the sunglass goggles. Yeah. Because he can't see in normal light. It blinds him.
1: He can, but, like, it's very difficult. Light changes fuck with his eyes really mm-hmm. badly. And so, like, that's another reason it could be called Pitch Black. And I think it lets the name slide for a bit. It does. I didn't, yeah. Until the eclipse happens, about an hour and five minutes into the film, uh-huh. or at the very least. About an hour and five minutes for them to realize an eclipse happening. And, you know, eclipses aren't normally that bad. No. Except for the fact that, like, it's pitch black on this planet. Like, that wouldn't be worrying, except for the fact that this planet has aliens on it. And it's very specifically one alien species. Mm Mm-hmm. And they never refer to them in the movie by name. Because, you know, they don't know they're there for For an hour, but also, like, when they discover them, they're not like, let's name them. Yeah. Um, They're just, oh, my fucking God, what is that? That's that's terrifying. But you you can figure out their name from like I actually don't know where they were named, but they are they do have an actual name. It might again, be from the video games. This is a franchise. Uh, but they're called Bio Raptors. It's a cool name. It's a cool name, right? Cool name. And they kind of look like well, you can tell somewhat is inspired by like Raptors from Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. but they look like little dragons. Yeah, they look kind of like a xenomorph too. With, like, the kite shell. Mixed with shell. xenomorphs, and then they have this weird uh, head that's, like... They look like a specific Pokemon. T-shaped.
0: But I don't know... Hold on. Let me find out what Pokemon this is. Like, on God, I'm going to look it up right now.
1: Found it. Skarmory. This guy. No,
0: that's not even what I'm looking oh, for. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, they look rad. They look real cool. I'm just going to cool. put that out there. They're so cool. And um, part of the reason, by the way, they have... They're called, I think, Bioreptors. I don't know if you noticed... Like they can pull their wrists back, yeah, and dude, and like these giant blades shoot out. Mm-hmm. Super cool. They're so cool. Um, their head is also like I said, it's a weird T-shaped thing. Yep. From my observations, it's like sharp. Besides the fact that it's hard, it's like razor sharp. So they have this tendency to like slice things.
0: Oh, it reminded me of this guy, Laron.
1: Oh, okay. Um, they things have wings. <laughs> yeah. Um, They have this tendency to, like, slice things with their head or just headbutt shit because mm-hmm. it's, like, this hard, uh, sharp shell thing. It's fucking scary. Anyways, they're scary as fuck. <laughs> they're so um, scary. And the whole thing with them is that they're super photosensitive. Mm-hmm. Like, light burns them like it's a vampire.
0: Yeah. Which I think is a cool way to have, like, explained away why they weren't out and about at the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah, because it's,
1: it's daytime. All and the time. And so... Where they've been are in these, like, these cave systems. Assumedly, Mm -hmm. I think they've built for themselves. I think so, yeah. um, Because the characters, you know, spoiler here, explore one Mm -hmm. accidentally. And it it looks kind of like, at least to me, like a a termite's mound kind of thing. Yeah, it kind of makes sense. um, Where they have these tunnels coming out. And so they've been, like, hibernating there for 22 years. And the second light goes out, they swarm out. And it looks like a swarm of bats leaving a cave. Yeah. Uh, Because while most of the bioraptors are really big, they're bigger than a person.
0: They're huge, man.
1: They're really big. I mean, they're not, like, ginormous. No, but they're, like, car-sized? Maybe. It's hard to tell because their head's so big. Yeah, and they have a big-ass wingspan, too. In fact, their bodies are probably around the size of, like, I don't know, a raptor from Jurassic Park. Maybe. But they're big. But the babies, Mm. the infants, are probably only the size of, like, Bats, and yeah. they, they move in these giant flocks and swarms, and they, they piranha shit. Mm-hmm. Just, like, hit things and tear them apart and strip the flesh from bone. <sighs> Anyways, you know, the the addition of these bioraptors and, like, the fact that halfway through the film it switches to nighttime really makes this the film hard to talk about. Yeah. Without, like, just spoiling that simple fact.
0: Yeah, because, the like I said earlier, the first hour is, like, set up for this eclipse thing. That you don't know is
1: coming. No, in fact, the first hour is like, it's set up so that you think Riddick is like the threat. Yeah. And I mean, the raptor reveal happens, I don't know, I think like 30 minutes in. Mm-hmm. But even then, it feels more like a situation of, oh, the characters are going to have to go down. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely what I thought was going to happen. Into the dark, rather than the darks going to come to them. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just feels like a, a completely different movie. And I, I think that makes the reveal of the solar eclipse, well, a little out of nowhere work Mm -hmm. so well. Yeah, no, it does. But again, hard to talk about because it's a major spoiler.
0: Like, I absolutely thought there was going to be some MacGuffin down in that cave that they needed to get off the planet.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to say this now, about 30 minutes into the film, because they're looking for water, Mm -hmm. essentially, because, again, it's a desert. It must be so hot. It has to be so hot. Because of the three suns and, you know, desert conditions, basically probably no atmosphere. It's very thin. Mm -hmm. Anyways, long story short, they're looking for, like, water or anything. And they do av- eventually manage to find like it's an old mining base, but mm-hmm. it's abandoned. Um, like very obviously, there's shit strewn everywhere. It doesn't look good. But when they get there, there's basically a small ship, and it's a it's a small like evac ship. I think they say it's a two seater, mm-hmm. so like two pilots and then like space in the back for people. Space for in the back for you to you throw like a couple people in seats or just throw supplies. And it's just sitting there for some reason, almost like people tried to evac and then couldn't because. There's, like, laundry hanging up and mm-hmm. shit. Like, it's very clearly something went wrong. And, you know, they're not able to start the ship because, like, the power cells in her are dead. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have to run back to their ship to grab power cells. Which is quite a bit away. Took
0: them a while to get yeah.
1: there. Yeah. It's not really good at telling us how far away it is, mm-hmm. but it's pretty far. Probably a, a mile or two. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I, I remember when I first watched this movie, you see the ship and you're kind of like, oh, there must be something they need to start the ship. Like in one of these caves. Yep, that's exactly what I thought. And so they're gonna have to go down there, fight these creatures, and get it back. And I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, like as an alternative idea, I, I like the the switch up better. But well,
0: because it's so much scarier because you don't have there's no safety. Because no. it's like if you just get out of the cave, you're fine.
1: Yeah, but if it's everywhere, you're fucked. And I mean, it's probably the coolest scene in the film is the fact that, you know, uh, eventually they're forced to walk through the darkness because mm-hmm. um. For some really stupid reason. <laughs> they don't get the power cells while it's daytime. No. And I in fact I think this is probably one of the weakest parts of the movie is the justification for this of Riddick can fly a ship. And he's they've let him out and about to help with manual labor. And you know, it's established that he can fly a ship, so they don't want to put the fuel cells in the ship before they're ready for takeoff. Because he could just leave them all. And so they're response to that is to just not get the fuel cells mm-hmm. even though at this point in the plot they know an eclipse is coming yeah they, they don't know when it could be five minutes it could be 10 minutes it could be an hour it could be days so they just don't get the fuel cells and that's what fucks them over eventually is because the eclipse starts and it's like oh no <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, especially because their transportation that they eventually find is solar powered which is another aspect of the film that i really like
0: everything on this planet in the geology place is solar-powered
1: because it's permanent daytime. Yep, and it doesn't have batteries. That's the thing. Yeah. Because why do you need batteries? Why do you need it's batteries? The sun's always power. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they, they, they don't have power cells, and it's really stupid mm-hmm. because, you know, they're eventually forced to then go back to the crash site. It gets dark, and then they have to walk with the power cells back to the, the yeah. colony place. And, I mean, obviously, I think probably that, the parts where they're trying to make it back to the, The escape ship with these power cells are probably the best part of the movie. Yeah. For how much I like the buildup of this film, the whole, like, dark parts of it are so cool. So cool. And I bring it up because I think the coolest things in the movie is the fact that, you know, they didn't bring specialized lighting equipment. Mm -mm. So most of their light can only provide, like, illumination for maybe max 10 feet around them. Because they're they're grouped up for safety. And so the few times we can see, like, outside of this ring, because it's shot, like... Were the characters. Mm-hmm. There is just these things circling them like a swarm of sharks. It's crazy. It looks awesome. And it's super cool. Okay. Do you have anything specific you want to talk about here? I mean, we kind of talked about the Bioraptors and the plot and stuff like that. Do you have anything specific you want to mention? Um, I maybe kind of got a few things, but...
0: Let's see what you got, because I was thinking of something, but you probably have a better idea than I do. Okay.
1: I mean, first of all, we haven't mentioned it. What happens to the colonists, mm. it, I think, is super cool. It is cool. Uh, because it gives a very, I don't know, dialistic feel mm-hmm. to the rest of the film. And it it helps you kind of fear sundown.
0: Yeah, it also, like, it really shows you
1: how scary these things are. Because you learn about it before. The eclipse. The eclipse. But basically, they were miners. And it's implied they were more scientists, mm-hmm. like geologists. They had a coring room, like a big facility used to, like, drill into the, the earth. Mm-hmm. And then grab uh, core samples to look at, like... You know, the different layers of, like, dirt and rock. And so, assumedly, once it got close to this whole 22-year thing, or probably at some point while they were living there, and it looks like they'd been there for a while, for mm-hmm. what facilities they had, they probably discovered these monsters. And so when the eclipse happened, they all hid in their facility, and they were like, well, let's hide in the safest space. And the safest space for them was in the coring room, and very specifically in the hole they dug in the coring room. Mm-hmm. And we get to see it for half a second. Apparently, they just got swarmed.
0: They got annihilated. I mean, piles and piles and piles of skeletons.
1: And it looks like it most likely happened from the little ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it could have been the big ones, but with how many bones are left over. Yeah. Probably the little ones, which is horrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Aside from that, I think the big thing I want to talk about here is... Um, kind of harkens back to the fact that, you know, when this movie was made, Chronicles of Riddick wasn't a franchise. Yeah. And so... You know, spoiler here, Riddick survives, obviously, because Mm -hmm. he's in other movies, but he wasn't intended to be, like, the main character. Like, you you from the outside weren't supposed to know he survived. Mm -hmm. In fact, in the film, he's just, like, a convict who's there, and is kind of, like, almost a human threat or an anti-hero kind of thing.
0: Yeah, I wanted to say that in the non-spoiler section, but I didn't, you know.
1: I think it was a good save. Yeah. And so what this film does instead is it essentially has three different protagonists... Which is kind of bizarre, but I like it.
0: Yeah, it's really cool.
1: There's Riddick, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's Carolyn, who is the pilot for the ship that crashed. And William Jones, they just call him Jones, I think, throughout the movie, who is a cop. Basically, the guy who's detained Riddick. Mm -hmm. And really, each one's written like they're the main character of the movie. Yeah. I think that's really interesting because it, for most of the film, makes you go, okay, who should I invest myself in? Mm-hmm. But also because, like, it's a sci-fi horror movie. Like, you can kind of tell that from the outset. It's like, who's going to, like, make it out of here? Or yeah. who's going to, like, cause problems? And they
0: do a really good job at hi- at hinting at what's going to happen before it happens, but then flipping it mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're witnessing it so you're like, oh, my God.
1: Yeah. It's really, really good. And um, I-, I think that's a little... It's a little thing this film does that I think really, really helps it be so good. Mm -hmm. And I I was kind of reading into it. And again, it's hard for me to do an insane amount of research. But I think like the actors were all kind of told that they were the main character. Oh, that makes it so much better. And weren't necessarily given the end of the film. And so like the actors brought kind of the ego of being the main Mm -hmm. character to their parts. and I, I think that really helped it. And it
0: helps because like. When you're watching the film and when these characters are interacting with each other, they all have that sort of main character feeling.
1: No, they're written that way, too.
0: And they clash so hard all the time, and it adds so much. That's what makes the first hour of this film so good, in my opinion, is you have these three main characters that are just constantly at ends with each other, and it adds some character drama that you don't expect Mm -hmm. to get from a sci-fi horror film.
1: Yeah, especially because, to be honest, it's set up. And so, otherwise, it would have been boring as shit. Yes, not all that happens. No, and it's really these characters fighting for screen time. Mm-hmm. Not even outright fighting, but just like kind bickering
0: of and arguing with each other, pushing and
1: like, each other out of the spotlight. Mm-hmm.
0: And the cool thing is, like, the people that aren't the main characters, like the, all these other side characters, are also caught up in the drama. Mm-hmm. So they have to kind of deal with like, whose side am I on, and who do I really agree with? What do I want to do? Which is why I want to bring up Jack. <laughs> Because I love Jack so fucking much.
1: Yeah, so Jack is, he's, he's an interesting kid. Basically, he's assumedly flying by himself. Yeah. And I, we haven't mentioned this. So it's a spaceship, right? And it was very specifically flying through what they refer to as a ghost lane. Uh, my assumption is it's basically um, a flight path that goes out of, like, normally safe space. Mm-hmm. Which is probably why they crash. They get hit by, like, a meteor swarm. Yep. And it punches small holes in the ship. But anyways, he's traveling by himself, and I th- I think as a part of that, he he's purposely making himself try to act tough. Yeah. And so after the crash, and there's like some interactions with Riddick, he's like, "Who's the toughest person I know? <laughs> it's Riddick. It's Riddick." So I'm gonna start acting like him. Yeah. And he goes so far; he gets his own like shitty pair of goggles. Yeah. Which quite literally looked like he got some shades that were like, hey, they were cracked, but had the um, pop out lenses. No, like the. The sides of the glasses broken off. Oh yeah, like the hooks around your ears, mm-hmm. and he just tied a piece of cloth from his shirt to it, yeah, so they could be worn like Riddick's goggles. Mm-hmm. And then he shaved his, he head. his head, and then he starts
0: skulking around like Riddick <laughs> and being—it's so entertaining. Like R- that is what makes this film so strong. Is like all these characters are so interesting, and their their interactions are so strong that like while the first hour in like fifteen minutes is like set up. It's not boring. It's fun
1: because it's a good character drama. Yes, like even, even the people who aren't the main characters mm-hmm. are characters.
0: Motherfucking Paris.
1: Yeah, Paris is just like <laughs> he's a he's an antiquities dealer. Yeah, and he is just like that stereotypical like rich coward character, mm-hmm. and it's really funny. It's so funny. Also, because you know, obviously he dies. Yeah, that's his character. Funny good joke. Dad. Is right before he dies, he says, I was supposed to die in France, and his name, Bob, you just said it. Paris. You're right. Yeah. He wanted to die in France. Yep. Funny joke.
0: Good joke. Well, actually, so while we're on the topic of this man, and ha- we'll talk about his death while we're talking about him, I guess. One of the coolest parts of his death is that funny joke, but he has a bunch of booze on the ship with him. The whole movie. The whole movie. He's been drinking. Everyone's been drinking booze um, the whole movie. Because. But- you know, yeah. no water. He has a flask. He has a flask, and he takes a swig of it and lights the lighter, because they, they're afraid of fire, and he blows like a fireball, and you get to see all these fucking bioraptors around him.
1: So cool. Probably the coolest part of the film. Or one of them. One of the coolest parts Probably of the film. Probably coolest death, I'd say.
0: There's one that I
1: wouldn't... Cool, coolest death,
0: not most brutal, because there's one no, that I just think is not most brutal, just but crazy. definitely the
1: coolest. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I think overall, the, all the characters are kind of like that. Mm-hmm. The only ones who are disappointing is that so, you know, out of the four people who are, like, Muslim, yeah. you know, only one of them is, like, an actual character. Yeah. And, you know, that is uh, Keith David's character. mm mm-hmm. um, They just call him a mom the whole time. Uh, But he has, like, three kids with him mm-hmm. that, assumedly, he's just taking on with him on his trip. They're going to New Mecca. Yeah. Which is not really talked about in this film outside of the name. But they're basically going on a pilgrimage, and his three kids are basically non-characters. They're yeah. just bodies there. They're just around. And so I think they're the only ones who are disappointing.
0: Yeah. I mean, they had to pad the number somehow. Yeah.
1: Because, like, it's a horror movie. People got to die. But it kind of sucks because it stands out so much for, like—
0: It does because everyone else is so well characterisi- yeah. characterized and have, like, cool moments and stuff. Uh,
1: they at least explained it away as—I don't think they speak English. I don't. I think they speak Arabic the whole time. I think they only speak Arabic, uh, which might be another reason for why, when they needed a religious figure, mm-hmm. they chose, like, Islamic. Anyways, aside from that, do you have anything else? Because I have one other thing, I think.
0: We haven't really talked about... We've kind of talked about them, like, trekking through the dark. You yeah. Know. Some of the coolest parts about them trekking through the dark is how they use... Like, lighting in this film is so integral because the Bioraptors are afraid of it and get burned by it. And also, Riddick has a light sensitivity thing. Once they're in the dark, they do such a good job with lights. Yeah. And, like, it may, it intensifies the fear of the bioreptor so much because you see lights go out, and you're like, oh, my God, oh, no,
1: it's going to go bad. And, I mean, this film plays around with, like, fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. It always reminds me of the scenes when they're in the dark of, like, Bob's going to hate me for this, the ocean Ugh. and kind of being, like, I can see, where, like, around me, mm-hmm. but nothing else, and I know there's stuff there. Yeah. Um. Also, they're building on that pre-existing fear of, like, you know, Riddick has this whole eye thing where he can see in the dark, but nothing else. These things are the same.
0: Yeah, I just they do a lot of really interesting things with lighting, like yeah. the lights that they use.
2: Uh, when Again,
1: they're like rigged. Yeah, they're not like spotlights or anything. Mm-mm. And so for each different light source, it affects like how light's seen around them and like coloring and everything like that. They also have like some really cool futuristic lighting stuff because <laughs> it's a sci-fi movie. Like, like you could make it nowadays. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's made practically in the movie, but it just looks cool. It
0: just looks cool because it's, it's a sci-fi film and that's nice. Like they're like weird, like cool green flare torch things.
1: Yeah. Like they like, could have used standard, like red. Mm-hmm. So and there's like fluorescent
0: tubing that they like tie around stuff. All that stuff is really cool. I just thought I'd mention it cause it's a big part of this film.
1: All right. You have anything else? Cause I want to finish with something. And, and
0: have we, we talked about, we haven't really talked about how good, like, of course Vin Diesel does a good job mm-hmm. acting. But the person that plays uh, Johns and uh, Fry are both really good, too. Yeah.
1: They're, like, really, really good. No, once again, I think all the character actors who play actual characters do a good job. Yeah. We kind of talked about that.
0: We kind of talked about it, but I just wanted to highlight again. Because I was, once again, I was surprised. (laughs) Like, I was... Yeah. This movie surprised me in a lot of ways. All right.
1: Good? Yeah, 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 we're good. Okay. Then I'm going to finish up with talking about the aliens. Okay. Right? Okay. So, they don't make a lot of sense... Right? Because they are very clearly a creature adapted to darkness mm-hmm. that lives on a planet that is bright for All 22 years. time. And then is dark for maybe a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. Now, assumedly, you could explain this away as oh, this species hibernates for 22 years like cicadas or something. But that also doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, there's too many of them. Especially with how many there is. Um, and the fact that there's no food on this planet. No. It's implied that there used to be big stuff. There's this big, like, bone graveyard, mm-hmm. kind of like oh, an elephant graveyard. Oh, so cool. Uh, and the creatures that these things must have been before they died were massive. Huge. And so, like, it's assumed that the number of creatures there is now probably just ate all those to death, mm-hmm. um, and that's what essentially allowed them to reach these numbers and kept them alive. And, you know, that makes sense. But aside from those creatures, there's no other life on the planet except mm-hmm. for some Slogs that we eventually see in the movie. And again, that doesn't make sense at all. No. Because that's not how species work, especially with the whole sun burns them. Mm-hmm. And so, my whole take on this, and I, I think this is just like kind of a, a really cool behind the scenes like world building thing, if, if my take is correct, which I mean, I think it is, of these creatures, the bioraptors, are invasive species. They somehow got to this planet and. Like a lot of invasive species do, they didn't have any natural predators, and so they bred like crazy, and they ate everything. That explains
0: why it's like you know an arid wasteland. Mm-hmm.
1: And when I say they ate everything, I mean everything. everything. Like I think they ate all the the big creatures, like we see the bones from that. Mm-hmm. But assumedly, I think they might have eaten like the plants too, because mm-hmm. very clearly they're predators and they're predatory. But most carnivores are not like obligate carnivores Mm -hmm. like they're capable of eating some amount of greenery they don't like doing it and a lot of it can make them sick but they can still do it and so i assume what they did was kind of like locusts which i think lines up with some of the appearance of the little ones when Mm -hmm. they're swarming yeah where they just spawned in huge numbers and were able to do that because if there was a jungle at one point oh yeah there was some shade but the second like an eclipse happened they just Devoured everything. And then had to find somewhere to live and dug a bunch of, like, termite holes. They probably did that when it was still some greenery out Mm -hmm. there. Um, But, yeah, they probably ate everything. And then over 22 years, with everything dead, it became arid. Makes sense. I think that also kind of lines up with the fact that, you know, there was a coring team here of geologists. Mm -hmm. doesn't make sense for a coring team of geologists to be on a desert world like that. Yeah. Really? Because uh, there's no plant life or anything. There's not going to be, like, oil. you no. know. So my guess, it was probably an Earth-like planet that they were, probably. like, studying, maybe for colonization, mm-hmm. and then gets fucked. So I, I just wanted to bring that up, because I think it's kind of one of the weaker parts of the movie, of the fact that they don't make sense to be here. Even no, though that makes sense. They're really cool. They are really cool. And so I think that can be easily explained away of, oh, they're invasive, and they mm-hmm. just absolutely murdered everything. It does raise the other question of, oh, my God, what does their home planet look like? That's fair.
0: God, that w- I don't like, go to that planet. <laughs> that planet must be terrifying.
1: They're colonial, like they live together, but they're not, like, cooperative. No. So oh. they must have predators. And I, I thought think of that leads us into about. another thing of yep. these creatures act very animal-like. Mm-hmm. Most, I think, movies have a tendency to make your monsters behave, like, intelligent. Yeah. I mean, I think we've talked about it a lot, but like in Jurassic Park, the velociraptors act very smart, and they have pack mechanics, but they behave like monsters, and in this one, they behave like animals, and non-cooperative animals. Yeah. Um, there's a couple kills where they fight over bodies in a very mm-hmm. animal-like way. Yeah. Like, just tackling, rolling. But also, there's a scene where, my read on it, is the creatures are swarming so much that they're accidentally hitting each other mm-hmm. with their heads, which, as I said, are sharp, so they're accidentally like cutting each other in half. Yeah, which I think is just a little cool addition.
0: Yeah, and I I appreciate the fact that these creatures are animal like because it 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 makes in one this is a sci-fi movie, but it grounds it in a lot of ways. Cause it's like, oh yeah, these are just animals basically. Yeah, it makes them so much more scary because like animals are unpredictable and terrifying. And one of the coolest things is, like, when they're fighting with each other, since they have such hard skulls, they just, like, headbutt each other. <laughs> like and, rams. Like rams or, like, a moose or a deer would, you know? Yeah. And it's just such a, like, a natural way to show their level of intelligence and how they interact with each other. And it's
1: super cool. And it's what makes them so scary. I mean, the fact that these creatures are so well thought out. I mean, well thought out. Like, they mm-hmm. they talk a little bit about their biology and stuff. Is really what makes the last half of the movie worth watching, yeah besides like the lighting and stuff
0: like because they don't have good eyesight, they have like sonar they do they make like whale or dolphin sounds or like
1: oh, yeah, and you can hear it the whole
0: movie, and it's terrifying because it's yeah. like you can't see them, <laughs> they're just out there, but you can hear them. yeah, they also do some really cool stuff with you know because they have to explain like show you Riddick's, like night vision, so they show you that, but they also show you the creature's vision, which and it is looks very poor staticky and mm-hmm. black and white nice. It's nice. It's just all the little stuff with the creatures really helps make them
1: really cool. Yeah. Okay. That aside, I think we're going to go back to uh, the regular section so we can do the reviews. Yeah. So, let's get to it. We're back. Bob, give your recommendations. Uh, bu- 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 If Which, you're a fan of Vin
0: Diesel. Yeah. Vin try not Diesel. To,
1: try not to spoil things too much with your recommendations here. Vin Diesel.
0: Real cool. He is in this movie. Surprise. He's in this movie, and he's awesome. I like him a lot in this, actually. So, that's one big thing. If... You like horror sci-fi. This is a good horror sci-fi movie. I didn't know how I was going to like a sci-fi horror movie.
1: Really good time. Like, surprisingly so. Bob, I'm concerned that you didn't know how you were going to like a sci-fi horror film since you chose sci-fi horror as your category. That's why
0: I chose it, because I haven't really watched any, so I didn't know how I was (sighs) going to feel. You know, it was one of those things where I went, I know Ben likes these types of movies. Maybe I'll like them. We'll
1: see. Yeah.
0: Like, the only sci-fi horror movie I've seen is Alien. Like it. I like Alien. Alien's good.
1: But you not how much you remember of it. Not a lot. I
0: watched it when I was like
1: twelve, and I walked out. Twelve? Oh, because I was scared. When did you walk out? Let me clap here so we can cut this. I'm just. <laughs> I'll curious. just tell you after. Oh, okay. I'll just tell you after. you know what? We almost forgot. What
0: tagline and the other thing?
1: Oh shit. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll interrupt my recommendations with this. Sorry. We interrupt these recommendations <laughs> to bring you the startling news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm um, glad I remembered. They're kind of spoilery, um. Just so you know. Yeah, that's why you didn't tell me. So I meant to give them to you in the spoiler section. Oh shit! So do you want me to clap here and we can insert them there?
0: No, because I'm not. It, that, that's
2: uh, Bob's.
1: Like I don't want to do that. Fuck that. Uh, tagline: Fight evil with evil. Oh, that's cool. And then, um, you know, taglines: The Chronicles of Riddick, Pitch Black. <laughs> okay. And uh, Nightfall.
0: Nightfall's a good name. Hmm. Pitch Black is better. Nightfall's good. Okay, back to my recommendations. Uh, Vin Diesel. Sci-fi horror. We kind of talked about this in the spoiler section. Well, if you want a film that has a really good cast of characters, I think all these characters are super well characterized and super interesting. And since it's sort of like, we gave you the premise of like, it's basically kind of like a survival horror film on a crashed alien planet. So that's pretty cool. If you're into that sort of vibe, I like that a lot.
1: I think that's it. Okay. For me, I mean, Vin Diesel film, that's a very obvious one. I mean, that most people know Vin Diesel. So if you want to see him in a role where he does a very very good job that isn't fast and the furious, yeah check him out in here uh next one is again sci-fi horror like Bob said I mean we're gonna be covering a bunch of those this season, but it's kind of cool to see a sci-fi horror film with Vin Diesel mm-hmm. uh, but I'd also say almost a sci-fi horror action film mm. so if that's that was like what I was gonna say idea, but I thought it would be too spoilery. check it out it has Vin Diesel in it you know yeah, you know it's, it really gets high octane and it's really fun. And then last but not least, in kind of a rare circumstance, if you want to see a horror film uh, with like good characterization mm-hmm. and character drama, check this one out. It's good. Because it, it's well done. It's what keeps the film, I think, as interesting and as on point as it is. Yeah. All right. On that note, rate it, Bob. Look, this is a good movie. I like this movie. It
0: has very few issues, in my opinion. And I... I can't say what that is. Never mind. The, the issues I have with it, let me just put it this way, come from the fact that it is a movie from the year 2000. So I don't know how much I can really dunk on it for that. Because it's like, they did the best with what they had at the time. But there are some moments where I go,
2: mm,
1: that's not as good as it could be. Bob, what Bob's referring to, let me handle this, It's the visual effects. Right? Yes. And look, they're really, really good. They're really good for the year 2000. For the year 2000. They are, however, not amazing by modern terms. yes, they are passable though, and that's more than you can normally get from a film from this era, yes, especially for the budget because like twenty three millions' a lot of money, yeah, but not a a lot of money for like a sci-fi film mm-hmm. that relies on visual effects rather than uh, practical effects. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I mean, like it it pops out like there's a couple like cGI stuff when they're in space or like yep, th- ugh, some of the really bad ones are some of the like environmental cGI stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, some fires burning that I was like, that is a... That is CGI a... CGI fire. Composited fire. Yeah.
0: And, like, I don't want to hold that against the
1: film too much because it was I, made in the year 2000. I almost don't think you can hold that against the film. Fair enough. Because it's super well done for the time. Mm-hmm. My only other
0: issue with the film, other than that stuff, is there's some weird editing choices that stick out as early, early 2000s editing things. That I'm not the biggest fan of.
1: Are you referring to uh, that they put a fisheye lens over some of the scenes?
0: The fisheye lens and also some really weird slow-mo stuff.
1: Okay. Where I'm just like, that was a little much. The fisheye lens usually makes sense because the character has uh, received head trauma or something at the time period. Mm. The slow-mo is, that's just slow-mo. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I just I'm not a fa- but the thing is once again it's style choices that come from the period so I'm really I don't want to dunk on it that hard
1: and they're never egregious they're, they're never egregious they're no almost weird because they're used so little
0: mm-hmm. four and a half
1: alright this movie's super fun I had a really really good
0: time I was heavily surprised by it in the br- one of the best parts of this film it's an
1: hour in- what was how long was the cut we watched I can check really quick we watched the unrated director's cut which super great because super great. like We normally don't get to do that kind of thing. We normally can't even find that Mm -hmm. because, you know, stuff like that is usually reserved for Blu-rays. And so getting to see that on, you know, rental, because we we have to go get these video on demand stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, getting to see that now is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. But our cut was a little bit longer than the time period I gave. was what, an hour 46 or something? 49 maybe? The cut we watched was an hour and 13 minutes. No, it's more
0: than that. It's 113 minutes. Yeah, I'm
1: sorry, 113 minutes. It's an hour and 53.
0: An hour so a little bit longer. Uh, It doesn't feel like that. It goes by so fast, and it feels so well-paced out, because just right when you're like, man, this movie's kind of feeling a little slow. It gives you new stuff. Switch up. And and it does that multiple times in the film. And it's always, like, something interesting that you didn't expect. So it's really cool and fun. So... Like this, I, I, I was surprised. I'm just good. I was very surprised by this film. I had a really good time.
1: Okay. I think I'm also going to give it a four and a half. And you know, part of that is I just really like this film. I mean, yeah. Like for me, it hits a lot of bumps from what I want from like a sci-fi horror film. Mm -hmm. But besides from that, I think just a lot of the stuff in it are really, really good for the time period. And there's nothing in it that really stands out to me as like really bad. Yeah. And like, you know, well, it's not something we've talked about, I think a lot. Well, I have a lot of the same points Bob has for why I like it. The film's also really funny. Oh, it's I laughed so many times. There's a lot of things that are just woven into the story that just, I know, made Bob laugh out loud. And they feel natural. Mm-hmm. And I think it's part of what makes this film so good. is Because, yeah, they keep giving you stuff and they keep you entertained by like, oh, I think I have a handle on this situation, but here's some new information. And like that makes the film good, but also adding these other elements like humor to keep you entertained really pushes up there.
0: Riddick has so many fucking phenomenal one liners in this film.
1: Or just characterization moments. Just
0: characterization moments that are really good. Jack's really funny.
1: Yeah. Like. Anyways, I really enjoyed it. Um I talked about the visual effects stuff with Bob and whatever. Basically the same reasons as Bob. Four and a half. Okay, well we're gonna go to the outtakes. Uh we'll be back in a minute. Yeah, we'll see you guys in a minute.
0: Hello everybody, welcome to this outtake section for this episode of Beware the Board. I hope you're enjoying our review of Pitch Black so far. I really like this film, I think it was a very good introduction for me into sci-fi horror, and also really fun. But, if you do not want any spoilers from this outtake section, please skip to an hour, 22 minutes, and 8 seconds, immediately. That's an hour, 22 minutes, and 8 seconds, immediately. This first clip is our reaction to seeing Vin do something really, really cool with his own body, and also Ben telling us a fun fact about it. Oh. oh my god! Did he just like un- dislocate both of his shoulders? Yeah. And roll oh <laughs> God damn, Vin Diesel. That was uncalled for.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, now well, he's free. He is free. Um
0: <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs>
1: Ooh. So, I I couldn't find too much about it, um, just with my sources, so I'm not sure 100%. Yeah. But I think Vin Diesel did some of that, like, dislocation shoulder stuff himself.
0: That's fucking awesome.
1: Um, I'm not sure if he actually had the dislocated shoulder for it, um, but he did some stuff like that. I'm not sure if it's... It's pretty cool. But I'm not sure if the footage where he did that made it into the movie.
0: Mm. Okay. You know? This next clip is me finally realizing what franchise this movie started. Oh my god, I know that name. Holy shit. What? That's what this movie is?
1: How do you know that name? The video game. Oh, uh, the Riddick movies? Yeah. Yeah. That's what this is from? Yeah. This is
0: like the first one? This
1: is the first one.
0: Holy shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: I think you've only played the one video game.
0: Yeah. I what? don't. All I know is that he's just like a badass with night vision
1: or something. Yeah. That's kind of awesome. Okay, cool. Which, uh, to be honest, I, there's not really any spoilers in the video game, so you're good.
0: in yeah, that, the goggles. The
1: only thing you know is that Riddick has night vision.
0: And he's also badass.
1: Yeah. Which I already got. Which um, makes this a very unfortunate place for him to be.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's daytime all the time. <laughs> oh, that's a cool, like, space-age shotgun. It looks kind of nice. looks like the shotgun from Warhammer 40,000. Like the Astarte shotgun. This first clip is our reaction to seeing what the bioraptors can do to someone for the very first time. Oh no! What is happening to this guy? Oh, he's getting fucked up! Oh god! This is- no! No, no! He just got pulled down a fucking hole! This next clip is our reaction to seeing the Raptors for the very first time. What is that? What the fuck is that? What in the fuck is that? <laughs>
1: <sighs> <gasps> oh, God. Were you not expecting there to be something down here, Bob?
0: <laughs> well, I expected there to be something down here, but I did not want that. Oh, man. You know... I had a lot of anxiety to the start of this movie because we were in outer space and I thought being on the planet would help. <laughs> it's not helping. Oh, but it does mean I get to see Riddick fight some aliens. That's pretty... This next clip is my reaction to seeing the Bioraptor baby swarm for the very first time. What was those? Bats? Oh my god. Oh my god, he's getting... A- Whoa! Getting... Fucked up by space bats. This next clip is our reaction to seeing what a swarm of biraptors can do to a person, but also seeing what happened to the people that used to live on this planet. Oh! That is not... I I don't know what did that to him. I would be out of there so fast. The little bats. (laughs) Yes, the bats did that to him. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. That's so many dead, but so many bones. They
1: basic, they basically piranad him. Yeah, Bob. they
0: like. Oh.
1: That's why he didn't have any flesh, but he wasn't like chomped in half or anything.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh god. This next clip is my reaction to seeing what Johns
1: likes to do in his free time. Damn. Cool scene, right? Yeah. Especially with the timing there at the end. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. What I will say is, like, I mean, obviously, Riddick's trying to set everyone on edge, right? Yeah. But, like, I don't think...
0: I don't think he has bad intentions.
1: He necessarily has bad intentions, because, like... If they die, he dies. That, but also... Oh, God! God damn it! Poor
0: timing! Whoa! God! He just shot shit in his eyeball.
1: Yeah. Goes straight to the brain.
0: <gasps> this next clip is me reacting to seeing the bioraptors swarm out of their hive after the eclipse begins to happen. Oh, God.
1: What could it be, Bob? I don't know what it
0: is, Ben. Do these things have a name?
1: Uh, yeah, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Oh.
0: My. God. Fuck this. Fuck this. Absolutely not. There's like thousands of those fuckers.
1: Maybe tens of thousands of those fuckers. Thousands might be low.
0: <laughs> what? Beautiful, my ass.
1: Well, he can actually see him. It probably looks really cool. Deadly. I mean, yeah.
0: This next clip is my reaction to probably the most brutal death in this film. So brutal, it actually left me speechless. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my god. That's fu- I could Oh my god. That's so fu- Holy shit. What the fuck? How does I I was I was about to make a uh, I was about to make a statement like this isn't really a horror movie. That's fucking scary. This next clip is our reaction to seeing a full size bioraptor for the very first time.
1: What is it, Bob? <laughs> no fucking way. Those little ones, Bob. They, they were the babies. They get bigger. They get much bigger. Much, much, much bigger. This is And now it's dark.
2: This is getting out of hand.
0: <laughs> this next clip is our reaction to just how many bioraptors there really are on this planet. Oh. <laughs> my. <laughs> God. There's so fucking many.
1: Yeah. And they're just like following right outside the light like that. It makes sense. I mean, we saw how many there was in that first shot. That's
0: terrifying.
1: There's probably more we didn't see. And also like. Have you seen anything else for them to eat? Nope. I haven't.
0: Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed the outtakes. Oh, boy, Benjamin. What, <sighs> <laughs> boy? All
1: right. We're, uh, we don't really have much to announce right now. I mean, we've kind of talked about it on this episode, but we got Friday the 13th stuff coming out. Oh. Uh, those are coming out. So tomorrow, so Saturday. Yeah. Um. So you get to look forward to one of those after every episode of <laughs> our regular scheduled programming. For the next um, six while. weeks. Yeah, six weeks. Um. But we also are releasing one on Wednesday because mm-hmm. we're doing two a week. Yeah. Um, and Bob wanted to put it on Wednesday so he has more time
0: to finish them. Because I'm going to be real. I, was, I guess maybe it was a spoiler. Those episodes are long as balls. There's a lot to talk about. It's a really famous franchise. So far. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we'll see what we get later in the franchise. Yeah.
1: Aside from that, you know, check us out wherever you get your podcasts. uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. Uh, We're also on YouTube, uh, which is kind of nice because you can show us some support there. You know, with likes, subscriptions, stuff like that. It's also one of the two places you can communicate with us on. You can uh, do that in the comment section of a specific video if you want to comment on that video and something that was in it. Or you can talk to Bob on Twitter, you know. Yell at him about how you need a receipt for some of these episodes. and
0: <laughs> God damn it.
1: How much they made you chuckle. Oh, my God. Or maybe God. scream in rage. Bob, you want to say anything? <laughs> you always make good – that was a
0: good reference, but I don't know if we talked about it during the episode. No, we didn't,
1: which is the best part.
0: Yeah. Oh, that was only for me then, huh?
1: Yeah. Or if you've seen this movie. like yeah. you, you should have. You should have. Good this movie.
0: Like Ben said, you can check us out on Twitter. At Beware the Board, it's where I post updates about the show, information about the show. Basically, if there's anything you want to know about the show, it goes on our Twitter. Also, it's where I post memes. We always have... Look, that Sleepaway Camp meme,
1: top notch.
0: All the memes go on our Twitter.
1: I I couldn't tell from your initial reaction.
0: (laughs) Shut up. On Friday or no, on Mondays, I'm sorry, on Mondays, I post a spoiler post for that week's episode, which is basically a hidden movie cover that you can reveal to see what it is so you can watch the movie before we do so you don't get any spoilers during the episode. Then on Fridays, or whatever day, an episode goes live, which currently is Saturdays and Wednesdays on top of our Friday episode, I post a link to the episode. So if you ever miss an upload or wonder when something went up, there's always a link to it on our Twitter. And now, last thing, check us out on TikTok and YouTube Shorts. If you're into short form content and you like the show, I basically cut outtakes from the show or clips from the show and post them into little bite sized pieces on TikTok and YouTube Shorts for your enjoyment. So if you like the show, check us out there. I think that's it. Okay. All right. We'll uh, see you guys next time.